0: Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Soph Corcoran. Uh, this is Season 2, Episode 5 of Don't Be a Stranger. And this is actually our second take, and I will just admit that on the air. I have a very special guest, and I'm obviously very nervous. Dr. Aldridge, Jefferson's new president of the universities, the healthcare system, and the insurance companies. How are you doing today, Dr. Aldridge?
1: Oh, Sophia, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm doing extremely well, and we had a fantastic homecoming weekend this last weekend so all of us are are very excited.
0: Um, I know we briefly chatted about before about women's volleyball and we just wanted to talk about their successes this weekend and how you know proud we are of them and how they're succeeding so well.
1: Well thank you for mentioning that. Uh, Congratulations to the women's volleyball team for their win this weekend and uh, a special shout out to the women's volleyball coach Latifa Rahim, she hit an important milestone this weekend with this win. Uh, she has had a hundred career wins as the Rams' head women's volleyball coach. So, congratulations to the women's volleyball team for uh, their win and for Coach uh, Rahim for just a successful record. We're so proud of all of you.
0: Go Rams! Go Rams! Yeah, go Rams! Um. So that's great that homecoming was this weekend, and I know that it was family day as well. I actually was able to kind of hear on the bingo, and they are giving away a bunch of cool Jefferson swag, um, and there was a magician here. And I think that's so important to get um, people's like families involved on campus. I don't know if you had a second to stop by, you know, in the midst of all the homecoming and stuff, but it's so fun seeing everybody here with their family.
1: So I had an opportunity to meet with um, many of the alumni who – have just amazing stories, um, you know. Many of the alumni give back for scholarships for students. They love coming back to the campus and and see what's happening. Um, you know, the groundskeepers here just ha- have just such beautiful grounds for all of us. And so it was a it was a little chilly day. It was a little cold, but the campus looked beautiful. And the alumni that came back were just so happy to be here and see that the university is so successful. We just had a we just had a major um uh recognition by the Wall Street Journal. We're number 48th in the country wow. as a university. And what's even more special about it is that these rankings from the Wall Street Journal came from students and because of their success that they've had in getting jobs. Uh, and going on to graduate school as a result of graduating. So we couldn't be prouder, number 48th in the country. That's incredible.
0: That must be such like a euphoric feeling to hear something like that at the forefront of this university, because I can't stress this enough again how incredible it is to have such a strong woman like you just leading this university.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really my honor. Uh, it, it's an honor to be a part of an institution that celebrates 200 years yeah. n- next year in 2024 and all of the components you know from from the alumni who came to us from the former textile university to philadelphia university and i i knew one of the former presidents president uh, spinelli when he was here yeah. and uh, and it's just been such such a great time to get to know the students first and foremost the faculty and staff and and i have to say this is such a special place there's something really special in the dna at thomas jefferson university so for me it's a real honor to serve and i look forward to meeting as many of the students and faculty and staff as possible
0: i and i just think that excitement is just shows how much the community is so ready for Jefferson to take on the world, you
1: know? Well, I thought I th- our students are going to take over the world yeah. <laughs> I think, in the future. When I look at the amazing projects and work yeah. that all of you are doing, I'm so impressed. Um, you know, you're much more sophisticated and have such you know, much more knowledge, I think, about the world than we did when we were, uh, when we were in school. And I, I just continue to be so inspired by all of you. I, it's a uh, People talk about, you know, my inspiring people. Honestly, the inspiration is our students. All of you are just doing amazing things. So as much as I can sit in on class projects and look at some of the work that you're doing, it's just world class. I mean, we really can compete with the best of the universities in the country. And I don't say that lightly. This is my fifth university. So, gosh, keep up the good work. I, I know all of our students are working hard, but... You're getting a great education here. And and what I find that's so special is that the students know their faculty. You know, a lot of the big universities, they have teaching assistants and so on. So you have a world-renowned faculty member that's listed to teach the course. This happened to me. And you never meet them. Yeah. uh, Ever. Yeah. (laughs) You you meet the TA that Mm -hmm. is teaching the course. And so what's so wonderful about Jefferson is that all of you know your faculty. They know um, you. The advisors know you. They care about you. Yes. They're concerned about your success. And uh, I just find it to be an incredibly nurturing academic environment and one that I uh, I just can't wait to spend more time here. I, I just absolutely love the, the campus and the interaction with all of you.
0: Yeah, I have to just definitely agree with that and I think that's what's so good and I don't really know if it's because we're more of like a smaller tight-knit community but definitely the people here is one of my favorite parts about Jefferson like I can go upstairs to OSE and just like hang out with all of them for like like an hour like we'll go and we'll meet with Cody who's the assistant director of student engagement and we'll be like hey like we need some paperwork for the radio station and we'll just like hang out in his office for an hour and i think that is just so great and it just shows how i would even just say how much love we ha- share for each other yeah. we just want to watch each other succeed yeah,
1: ab- yeah absolutely and that's so clear it's really yeah. um it's just a special environment here and i hope all the students recognize that and and cherish it
0: yeah and cuz i think it's such a like a one in a kind thing yeah. It,
1: it it truly is. It's, so yeah. uh, so I'm I'm just honored to be a part of this. And I've been so impressed with many of the students I've met from all the different student clubs and organizations. There's so many.
0: Yeah, we um, on campus, I think the last time I heard it's 87 or 89. One of those. So almost 100. That's, which is so crazy to think about, um, especially the after the effects of the pandemic. It's very difficult. I can even just speak for myself, you know, being a senior in high school. Um, when it was completely online, it's just, it was so difficult getting back out there and, re- and going back to school. And, you know, my senior year, even though it, uh, COVID started when I was a junior, I didn't go back. And coming back and joining these clubs and having these opportunities, I think, really definitely helped me out of my shell again. And I think especially for freshmen who were younger when the pandemic happened, having those clubs and having those opportunities is so important for them. And
1: it's something for everyone. You Absolutely. know, I I was just so impressed by, um, you know, all of the different background, diverse backgrounds and international students and... Um, you know, everything from, you know, from climate to TED Talks to, I mean, you name it, it really provides a safe, fun environment for people to be engaged. So really, I just hope the students continue to be involved in these clubs, because not only do we know that they're fun, and they they really add and enrich your lives, you meet Absolutely. people that, are, you know, become lifelong friends. Mm-hmm. And I realized that this weekend, when the alumni were coming back, I mean, these people went to school here 30, 40, 50 years ago, they're still coming back. And they met a lot of their lifelong professional colleagues while while they were part of some of the clubs here on campus. So don't underestimate how important they are in terms of your success. But it's just a lot of fun as well.
0: I think so too. Um, I actually wanted to ask you about um, your collegiate experience and what clubs you were involved in. Underground, at, I mean, in undergrad, I did some research and I saw that you went to Boulder in Colorado, and I just have to say that was my dream university. And that I don't love being here, but definitely in my precursor time, that's like where I want to live forever is Colorado. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, I spent many years yeah. in Colorado. Uh, most of my classes were in Denver the yeah. uh, uh, at the University of Colorado. And I had to work a lot when I was mm-hmm. going to school. I did both work and, and go to school, like many of our students. So I didn't have as many opportunities. And, and honestly, at that time, there weren't as many clubs mm-hmm. that were available for the students. So now students have many choices and opportunities. Yeah. But it was fun going to, you know, football games and mm-hmm. athletic events and so on. And most of those were, uh, in Boulder, but I predominantly went to the, uh, to the Denver campus, uh, for my, cause I was in my master's degree as well as my doctoral degree there. Uh, and as an undergraduate, I went to Colorado Women's College, which also was a small private school in Denver. And, uh, and it had this similar kind of nurturing environment. I think that, uh, that Thomas Jefferson University has, and you know the faculty were wonderful. They were very supportive, but I, again, I was working a lot, so I didn't have as much time to spend in the clubs, and there weren't as many uh, yeah. at that time. There were very few, uh, so most of and most of them revolved around athletics.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you like being out there in Colorado? Colorado is Colorado's a beautiful
1: state. Yeah. No, actually I've lived I've moved 13 times. <laughs> so I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin, so lots of change. But, you know, for many of our students today, you like me, you may have to move for your professional career. You can't always assume that one organization is going to meet your needs as you as you evolve as a professional. And so uh I spent 2 years in Singapore teaching at the National University of Singapore. Uh, I spent many years in Colorado, which was just a beautiful place, a beautiful state. But I've lived in New Mexico, Alabama, Maryland, here. Wow. So I've I've moved with within many cities and I've moved many times, but you know, in order to be successful and pursue your you know, your ultimate professional goals, sometimes you have to be prepared to Move to different locations. And um, it's, it's been helpful to me in my career, but it is disruptive. You know, I I miss, uh, I I miss an environment where I've known people for 30 years or 40 years. So, you know, if you stay in the same place, you know, people for a really long time, but I have friends all over the world and that's That's been the benefit.
0: That's awesome, um, Singapore. What made you want to go there?
1: So uh, after I finished my PhD, one of my one of my dreams was to live overseas and and work overseas. I'd always traveled a lot for work mm-hmm. uh, internationally, but when you live in a different environment, you really have to understand the culture in a much more deep way than if you just visit as a tourist. Mm -hmm. And for me, I, I wanted the challenge of having to live and work in an environment that had so many different cultures. And in Singapore, there, there certainly was a strong Chinese culture, but there was a Malaysian Muslim culture. There was an Indian culture and it was just extraordinary to experience all these different cultures and holidays and food and my students were from all of these different cultures so I had an opportunity to spend time with my students as well as their families they would invite me in for you know for different cultural yeah. celebrations. It was really a wonderful wonderful experience and yeah. Singapore was also a hopping off point I I had a a number of speaking engagements in Hong Kong during that time and was able to serve on dissertation committees for Hong Kong University. So it was, it was a a great exposure to a lot of different Asian cultures.
0: That sounds like such an incredible experience. Not only learn more about other people and the way they live, but also, you know, learn more about yourself and your own culture and then how you can tie that into the different cultures all over the world. Yes. That's incredible. Um, no pressure, but have you ever had, like, a favorite place where you've had to say? What you say? Would it be people ask me it? that a lot. I've yeah. traveled
1: to about 150 countries and islands. I don't always know how well the yeah. islands are affiliated in terms yeah. of different countries. But um, every one has been an extraordinary experience for me. Yeah. Uh, I just love exploring different people, hearing their story. Um hearing their challenges, hear, yeah. you know, hearing what their uh, their visions are for the future. It's, it's just fascinating. And, you know, it's very insightful that you say, Sophia, that these experiences really help us understand ourselves and our own culture mm-hmm. because we're constantly reflecting back and forth yes. about why we think the way we do, about how we were raised that's different from other people, and so, for me it I think I think it's an opportunity to just become more tolerant of different cultures different uh different people and how they think differently, but at the same time, really challenge ourselves to make our own country better when we come back so for me, it's been one of the best educations to to have that opportunity to reflect on. You know why our governments are working the way they are. You know why our communities think the way they do, and just hopefully have a more open-minded perspective about the world. It's been it's been really insightful. But I I, that's why I love having so many international students and diverse students uh, on our campuses. All of you come from different places and. It's just, uh, it's heartwarming for me. I love really diverse teams Mm -hmm. and people who've come from so so many different locations. So it's great fun for me.
0: Yeah, that was so incredibly well said. Um, And I just have to say I completely agree. Um, And is that one of the reasons why you wanted to work in higher education was because of that diverse environment, you know, and then learning more about people?
1: So I, you know, my, uh, my parents did not, uh, go to college. My, my mother went, uh, a couple semesters to a music school, but my dad had to take care of his family. So he was not able to, to go to college, but he, he wanted to, but he wasn't able to. And so for me, the opportunity to have an education was, uh, hard earned, you know, I had to work my way through school my parents did not have the financial resources to be able to pay for my education but it was always important to me so you know i worked one semester at a time in order to to be able to finish school and i realized that education can be the most life trans- transforming opportunity that anyone can have and even as a female in an international environment in many of these developing countries women don't have the same experiences one of the reasons i wanted to get a phd was because i could work internationally even as a woman
0: yeah
1: and a lot has changed over the over the years but you know some things haven't and so for me i was able to have work opportunities globally mm. Because of the PhD, not because I was a woman. And so I think if you if you can really get your credentials under you, yeah. get a good education like all of you are, mm-hmm. it really does set you apart and it gives you a springboard yeah. that you wouldn't have otherwise.
0: Yeah.
1: Any you know, any reputable credentials I think that you bring to a work environment helps open the door. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's your hard work, it's your passion about whatever it is that you're doing mm-hmm. that ultimately makes the total package, yes. right? And so for me, I, I always had to work harder than most of the people around me. Yeah. First of all, I was younger mm-hmm. than, than many of the people who worked around me. I think I was the first woman in every management position I was ever in. Wow. So I felt a responsibility to prove myself. Yeah. And yes, most of the time I worked harder. I, I wrote more grants. I brought in more more funding in various necessary places, but it never hurt me. I was always given more opportunities to move on to other organizations yeah. because I proved myself. Mm-hmm. And so hard, you know, you can have the credentials, but then you have to prove that not only that you got the job, but you were the best qualified person for the job because you're just going to blow it out of the water. You're just going to be successful every day and prove that you're the best at what you do. So nothing can be taken for granted. This is a really competitive world that we're in. Our organizations don't just have to recruit from our community or our country. They can recruit internationally. And all of our organizations have to find the best talent they can. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about getting the job. It's about proving yourself. Yeah. So for many years, I never applied for jobs. People would see that I was successful and send a recruiter to recruit me to go yeah. to another university, mm-hmm. another position, and another position. Yeah. And there are people who will recognize your success mm-hmm. if, you, if you're the best, if you work your heart out, but you have to be passionate about it in order to do it. And I can tell Sophia that you and, uh, you know, so many of the students here are really passionate about what you do. Honestly, I'm so impressed with you because you do so many things. I, I don't, I don't think I ever could have managed accomplishing so many different things all at the same time and you do them well. So congratulations to you. And on your success here it's just an honor for me to be here with you
0: i have to say i appreciate it and that means so much coming from you and i just have to thank you and honestly i was so lost for words like moments ago because hearing all of the stuff you're saying is exactly the way that i unfortunately am in this position where i am you know working and you know trying to do everything that I can to keep myself in school. And, you know, I hold this very high standard and seeing you and the life that you've led and all of these incredible positions that you had, you know, it makes me feel so much better that I'm not just mining and, you know, not going to find anything. I'm going to hit gold. So, yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah, so it's just so absolutely. And,
1: and I love the fact that, you know, um, you know, students like you are, are working on so many different diverse things. Uh, uh, I mean, and that is, so inspirational to me because we didn't have as many opportunities when I was going to school, but at the same time, in order to really be successful professionals today, we can't just be an expert in just one thing. We're going to be working in interdisciplinary teams and all of these unique aspects of your education and your work Mm -hmm. really make you more valuable Because each experience helps us figure out what we're good at, what we're not good at. And it's okay to not be good at some things. You have to just recognize that and then not waste your time on those things anymore. You're going to be better in interviews and better at looking for certain jobs when you understand where your passions are, Mm -hmm. what you seem to excel at compared to other people, and the things that you just don't want to do. Yeah.
0: Um, I, yeah, that is just so incredible. All of that. Um, speaking of passion, I just wanted to know post undergrad for you, the previous positions you've held before coming to Jefferson and what kind of led, you know, you into that and, you know, how did it fall into your lap? Is it something that you had to work hard for? Things like that.
1: Well, I think, um, I, I spent some time in business. I spent some time, um, you know, as the director of services for the aging, um, in Denver. So we had a lot of grants and grant programs to support, uh, older adults, but higher education was always important to me. Mm -hmm. I, I feel it's the most, it's the most important thing that makes a difference in people's lives. Um, the key indicator for whether young people go to college is if their parents went to college. Mm -hmm. And so I always had to work the entire time I went to school. I, I worked all through high school. I worked all through college. I worked through my master's degree, my PhD. And it's not easy to juggle all those yeah. things simultaneously. But you just take one term at a time. yeah, One semester at a time. Mm-hmm. And do your best. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're not perfect at everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're not the A-plus student that yeah. you want. You might mm-hmm. be the A-minus student. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to do the best you can when you can mm-hmm. and forgive yourself when you're not perfect at everything. Yeah. You know, some of you set such high standards for yourself. I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you can't be perfect at everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: I could never be perfect at sports. I'm so, I am admire <laughs> so much. I admire so much that the students are able to be just phenomenal athletes at and great <laughs> students. I, I just was not that talented, yeah, no, me either. but it's okay. You know, yeah. sometimes we have to just admire the other people have those skills and talents and forgive ourselves and know that we're better at other things mm-hmm. and, um, and just be accepting of that. So I, but I, I, I just wish every student all the best this semester. And remember, yeah. take one semester at a time. Yeah. Don't get too overwhelmed. I know exam weeks are difficult. I just had to study like crazy, you know, half the night uh, between work hours. And sometimes I'd have notes yeah. in my pocket. I had to wear these smocks at work. And so I'd take notes in my pocket. And in between customers, I'd be studying for exams So just do your best as you can. It's not always very graceful, but, Mm. you know, I trust in the end that you'll have some success and you'll look back and just feel proud of yourself.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what's like with working in school. And I I always talk about the pandemic because I feel like it's such a society had such a different mindset before and then such a different mindset after. But with working, I can at least speak for myself. Like, I feel selfish if I have, like, a day off because I feel like I need to be serving somebody or something at all times to just, like, keep, you know, mine and keep picking through. And, um, but now it's very important that, I, you know, I take time for myself. Like, I took Sundays off. Not really. I kind of work still, but... I, I, as a student, you know, university studies and school always come first, you know, right. and just finding that balance and finding that focus. Um, I have to ask, what did you do, work when you were in school? Were you in food service? Um,
1: oh gosh, I did it a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. I was a, I was a clerk in a department store. I was a cashier. Mm-hmm. I worked in every department in this, um, in this big store. I worked in every department. They have many locations. I didn't work in delivery or repairs, but I worked in the garden center. I worked wow. I worked at every place that I could, and uh, I cleaned houses. I, I mean, honestly, I did just about – I did all kinds of jobs uh, that, uh, uh, you know, helped sustain me. And people were very kind. You know, they mm-hmm. knew I needed to generate money for the next tuition payment. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, they'd let me clean their houses or
0: mm-hmm.
1: sweep walks or – Shovel snow, I did, I mean, I did all kinds of things, so.
0: Yeah, that's full plate, that's yeah. for sure. Um, how uh, young were you when you started working? Because I actually, I was 13, no, I wasn't actually, I was 12 when I started my first job at a family-owned restaurant in Cape May, New Jersey. I was. I ran the ice cream window, I would scoop <laughs> ice cream and baked milkshakes, I would, like, name them, like, after, like, my favorite, like, member of, like, five Times a <laughs> summer. Like, I was so young, but it's just, you know, yeah, I started so young because I think, for, I always felt like I needed to be working and you know have that purpose. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for me I always wanted to um make my own way. I didn't come yeah. from a wealthy family, so um I always wanted to be able to buy the things I wanted to buy and make my own way. So I started at 12 um yeah. I did a lot of babysitting. I'm sure. <laughs> um and then I worked in a bakery. Uh, awesome. So yeah, so they they allowed us to.
0: Did you do the baking?
1: No, I, <laughs> they they wouldn't they wouldn't let me do any of the baking. I had to clean the kitchen, but oh. um, I I waited on customers. But they allowed us to mm. eat whatever we wanted to eat at oh, the bakery. That's
0: awesome.
1: Which which was a total danger because they thought they told me after about two weeks mm-hmm. that you know people really would just kind of get nauseated when they'd open the cupboard and smell all the chocolate or whatever yeah. that never happened <laughs> i they should have fired me for eating their profits because Seriously. i I ate, I ate so much because everything was so good but oh. um uh that that was a lot of fun but yeah i worked all through uh, all through high school and then you know in in college i was working at, at a, a big department store and then um um uh, I worked in, uh, I did clerical work. I did all kinds of, all kinds of jobs.
0: That's incredible. You covered so so many bases, I'm sure. Um, did you ever do dog sitting? I know that's like a weird question.
1: (laughs) So I, I, I didn't do dog sitting when I was uh, younger, but, uh, during the pandemic, I did dog sitting and, and dog walking for a friend of mine. And, um, I spoiled this dog, Loved this dog so much. He was, he was, uh, a very large uh labradoodle black labradoodle and uh i loved that dog so um it was great fun for me he was such good company but he was he was extremely large and um i spoiled him (laughs) yeah
0: i just um that's been like a gig that all of my friends have done too is like dog sitting. So I always like to ask, like, is that like a universal thing? But it's funny that it was like recent. Too. Yes.
1: Oh, yeah. I did. Yeah. I never did until during the pandemic and my friends were traveling on the weekends. Yeah. And I, and I said, can I borrow your dog? Can I take care of your dog during the, during the weekend? And then uh, they had a lot of traveling that they needed to do as we were coming out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So he was with me a lot. Aww. So he would stay with me, um, one time I had him for two weeks straight, so uh-huh. it was just great fun for me. He only photobombed one of my webinars. He, <laughs> <laughs> his big curly head was in the in the middle of one of my webinars, yeah. but other than that, he was very well behaved.
0: How good for your mental health, too, to just have like a dog. And I think that's another reason why I brought it up is because, I don't know, I think that just makes anybody's day better. Absolutely. Black Labradoodle. Um yeah, uh, going back to the collegiate experience, I know that you've, you said that you've been at five previous institutions. And um, what makes Jefferson different than that, in your opinion?
1: Well, a couple of things. We talked about it a few minutes ago. I mean, there really is something very, very special in the DNA here. And I think that I think part of that is being a small private university. But, but there's something special in the DNA at the medical school, for our, for our graduate students, as well as on the East Falls campus. And <clears throat> I think it's because the, the faculty and the students know each other. The class sizes are a little smaller. Uh, and it's a very tight-knit, close community. And that's really special. But clearly, this has been special for a long time, because I was talking to so many alumni over the weekend. I love their stories. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk so much about how much they enjoyed this campus. Yeah. They're giving back. They're coming back every year. They're meeting some of the other alumni that they went to school with 30, 40, 50 years ago. Yeah. And I hang on every word of their stories. They're, they're just amazing. So clearly there's been something very special here yeah. for a long time at this university. I see it and feel it when I'm on the campus. And it's just an honor for me to be a part of this special community Uh, and to know that our students are getting a great education, that you're safe, uh, and that you're going to move on into professions and make a difference in this world. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my days spending time with students is the most inspirational time I could possibly have in my life. So I thank all of you for being so inspiring.
0: That once again is just so incredible to hear, um, that we inspire you as an institution. Um, And, I, you know, not only are you uh, the president of just the university, and I feel like I just kind of keep focusing on that because that's just kind of the pocket that I'm involved in. Um, Even with the health system, it's so great that a lot of the people stay Jefferson forever. And, you know, they go to school here and then they work in the hospitals or they work with the insurance companies. And I just think that's so is so telling about the institution.
1: It's interesting that you raise that, Sophia, very um, insightful on your part, because uh, we have a unique structure here uh, at at the university that people might not know about. So we have, and I was on the board of trustees before, so our structure is like this. We have a board of trustees at the top, which are very successful business people and... uh, then we have a chief executive officer, Dr. Joe Cushone, who joined us a year ago. He's an extraordinary leader. He comes to us, a former cardiac surgeon. He was at the Cleveland Clinic. He was at a big healthcare organization called Ascension. And he joined us just a year ago. And there are three presidents under him. Mm-hmm. So I'm the president of Thomas Jefferson University. So I report to Dr. Kishone. Dr. Bally Yeha Yeha is president of Thomas of Jefferson Health, so all the hospitals and the former Einstein Rehab Centers report to Bally, and then Denise is part of our. um, uh, She is president of Jefferson Napier, is head of. Uh, Jefferson Health Plans, the insurance company. So I have two peers. So there are th- really three presidents. I'm president of the university, Balayiha, who, uh who is head of um, Jefferson Health, and Denise Napier, who's head of Jefferson Insurance Plans. So all three of us report to Dr. Joe Cashone And he reports to the board so it's a little complex operation oh. compared to other universities but it works really well for us mm-hmm. and i'm so glad that you raised the point sophia about the jobs because many of our students go to work for jefferson health mm-hmm. and not just not just nurses or respiratory therapists but marketers and yes. bus- and members of uh, of the business um, community, engineering, architecture. We have so many jobs that are available mm-hmm. throughout Jefferson Health and yeah. growing opportunities. Absolutely. So there are research opportunities for our students. Mm-hmm. So please think broadly about all the opportunities because this is a forty thousand person enterprise for employees. Yeah. So we have well we have many more opportunities than many maybe you've ever even thought of.
0: Yeah, that is just so great, because I even know um, a couple people upstairs in Canberra, like went here, like specifically this university, and it, it just it all goes so hand-in-hand hand with each other, and that's just so important, I think, that's that Jefferson love. Um, I know you said you were on the Board of Trustees. I did some research, and I also saw that you're a member of the Central Committee of the Philadelphia Orchestra, and I am such a huge fan of music, I had to know how you got involved in that.
1: Well, when I came to Philadelphia, uh uh I didn't know anyone here, mm-hmm. so I was sitting next to um uh, a wonderful woman who actually lives in the neighborhood here. We were at a Women in Philanthropy conference together uh, on the Drexel campus and uh she uh introduced herself to me and we started talking and she Helps to raise funds not only for legacy, which is just down the street, the Legacy Tennis Center, oh, the yeah. former Arthur Ashe Tennis Center, which is just a magnificent, magnificent place for for young people and young students and Jefferson 's been so such good neighbors yeah. uh, to to legacy and I thank you all for that, um, but she also was volunteering for the Central Committee of the orchestra, and so it 's the oldest volunteer committee in the country. Yeah supporting the orchestra. So uh, we help raise funds to support the orchestra and have fundraising events and, you know, support individual members of the orchestra as well as, you know, help help raise funds for the full orchestra. So lots of events during the year. It's a lot of fun and we're so lucky to have such a world-class orchestra here in Philadelphia. So, uh, they do have student discounts and so on. So I hope if, you know, if any of you are interested that you yeah, take a look at that.
0: Would absolutely love to. Um, I just think that the music scene in Philly is so incredible. Um, and that just spans from the orchestra and ever all the events at the Kimmel Center going to the small local band shows that are in people's basements and stuff like that. But what a great way to know the community of Philadelphia is through the orchestra. Um, more of a casual question, what kind of music do you like if you 're listening to something? What are you usually listening to
1: well i my my two sons I raised two stepsons and so uh f- after the after they went to college my my music life changed because they were both really into world music, and so our house was always filled with um, you know bands from from Ecuador and africa oh. and uh, you know, all over the world. So we just, we had interesting, um, sounds because of the world music focus. So, um, I mean, I certainly love classical music given, given my interest in the orchestra, but I mean, I really love all music. I I can't say I'm an expert in anything, Mm -hmm. But um, uh, probably classical music and world music yeah. are just intriguing to me and fun and interesting. And I've really enjoyed over the years going to s- different concerts of of global artists that I, you know, if it hadn't been for my sons, I never would have been exposed yeah. to these artists. So uh, I miss having them around all the time because mm-hmm. I need them to, to constantly fuel my uh, uh, my imagination and my knowledge about new artists coming on board.
0: That's incredible. Is there a specific pocket of the world that you of the music that you like the most? Do you no,
1: I, you know, I really uh um uh enjoyed uh artists like Lady Smith, Black Mumbamba from Africa and the, you know, Ecuadorian flute players and I mean just I mean, really, any type of international music I find f- interesting because many of them have unique instruments that we've never heard before, yeah. or or are not profiled in such a unique way. Mm-hmm. So that's it's always I I think I just like the creativity of the of of the different types of music.
0: Yeah, and I, I obviously with the orchestra, they you know have more of like a classical side but my brother is he's a freshman at temple he just started he just turned 19 it's so sad um we're like basically irish twins for 15 months apart so him growing up has always been really sad but he was in the pennsylvania boy choir or the, oh fantastic or the, um, excuse me the keystone state boy choir for seven years and they did um their main focus so it was run by their old um, director, his name was uh, Stephen Fisher, and he loved South African music. So that's what their main focus was. And they would do all of this, like these beautiful compositions, and would have djembe's, and they would do like the callings. And you know, it was like such a new form of music that I'd never heard before, and then found myself exploring after listening to it.
1: Yeah, I honestly, even in. Um, um, New Mexico, when I lived in New Mexico, uh, I would go to, you know, all of the, the Cinco de Mayo festivals Mm -hmm. and they had a big, um, national mariachi festival. Mm -hmm. And in Albuquerque, they had a flamenco, um, national dance, uh, festival where flamenco dancers would come from all over the world. I, You know, as I said, I'm not an expert in in anything music related, but I enjoy it so much. It's just, uh, there, it's so uplifting and enjoyable. So, for for me, I'm you know I'm really interested if if we have any. Any uh, musical events on the campus, I'll look forward to them as well. I think you have one coming up. Yeah, not <laughs> It's a good but, segue. Um,
0: tomorrow is going to be... Well, not tomorrow, tomorrow, but when the th- episode comes out, is the second annual Battle of the Bands for WPHU. And we are so excited. We have four really cool bands.
1: I hope everyone comes out. It'll yeah. be so much fun.
0: Well, I'm so glad we have your endorsement. Maybe we'll put it on a poster that Dr. Aldrich said, come to the Battle of the Bands. You guys have <laughs> to. Um But yeah, we were very excited for that event and um, can't wait through the radio station. So people who have different forms of music to come make a show where they can come. And, you know, we we DJed, we had the silent disco. I know we had briefly chatted about that before. And we had a station for um, like diverse music. So like a lot of um, like Afro pop music and um, we even had some students coming up. And, you know, that wanted a lot of, like, Korean music and stuff like that and Indian music. Yep. And I think having that outlet for people and not just catering to the Western mindset is so important. Yeah. And we hope through the radio station that we can bring that to everybody. Um, I know that you're busy, but I like to always just ask my guests this. Um have you watched anything recently like a film or a documentary or a TV show that has enlightened you or you've been really enjoying or binging or anything like that?
1: Um There's a there's a a, a Netflix series that's been on uh called Virgin River which is really interesting. It's about a nurse practitioner that had some Uh, that had some crises in her personal life and moved to this area in the Northwest. Have you seen it?
0: Actually, I'm laughing because the episode that was posted um, last Friday, I chatted with Heather Weaver, who's the director of student engagement and she said the same exact show. Oh really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So
1: I I don't have much time to watch TV and I I must say, I, you know, when I, when I do, it's mostly news because I need to catch up on what's going on because I, you know, I work long hours and, um All of you keep me busy seven days a week, so i don't have much time to watch t v but mm-hmm. um it was a show that started during the pandemic, and yeah. I have just kept up with it the The characters are really interesting, mm-hmm. and you know because of um because she was a nurse practitioner and moved to this environment and yeah. and went to work for kind of a curmudgeony mm-hmm. uh uh physician uh community doctor uh who wanted her to um make coffee and yeah. <laughs> to, to his filing, uh, she had kind of an interesting transition with him, uh, as a, as a talented professional herself, she wasn't used to being treated that way. So, yeah. so it, it, but it, it's a lovely story, you know, about, um, all the relationships of these people in this mm. small town. So
0: I guess I'll watch it. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Now that I have two recommendations, <laughs> I guess I should check it out. Um, yeah. Uh, what are you, uh, to wrap this up a little bit? What are you most looking forward to the rest of this year, uh, or just even the rest of the semester here at Jefferson?
1: Well, I, I'm looking forward to to championing all of you. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I as I hear your stories, it gives me an opportunity to, you know, build these little segments into my speaking engagements and into writing and into some of the publications that we have. We're so proud of all of you. I just want you to know that you have a lot of champions that just want you to be successful and happy and, you know, productive global citizens, you know, when you leave here. And anything that I can do to just support your faculty and staff and let you know how important you are to us as students here. I think that's the most important thing that I'm going to be working on. So, I spend two or three days a week Uh, and as many, you know, evenings and weekends as you need me here on this campus. I spend a couple days a week uh, at the medical school in Center City and where our graduate students are, but, you know, I want to spend as much time as I can with students because that's my first love, and it's, you know, what I'm passionate about is your success and making sure that you're getting a great education here. So uh, I I really would like to give a shout out to all the students, but I, I I hope that each of you could set a set a goal this year to attend one athletic event for each one of our 17 teams. It's so important to Absolutely. them that you come and cheer them on. So, I want to just again give a shout out shout out to the uh to the athletes who are supporting us and representing us all over the northeast, and I hope every student on this campus attends at least one event for each one of our 17 teams this year that's my goal
0: you guys better go yeah a lot of pressure um i think i'm speaking for most of the student body when we are just so excited to have you here and to continue to work with you and continue to show you i guess what we have in store because there's so many clubs and sports teams that have all of these like different events and i think they are just so ready to take over the world and show these events and share these questions and thoughts that they have.
1: Yeah. Well, Sophia, it's been a wonderful honor to be here today. Oh, I, so I'm much. so pleased that you have these podcasts. Congratulations on thank your you. success. Oh, uh, and it. to you and to all of our wonderful Jefferson students thank have a you. fantastic year.
0: Thank you guys. Um, thank you so much. Um, I did. I do have one more question for you. I just like to ask it to all my guests. Um, If you had the attention of the world for five minutes, what would you say?
1: Oh, that's a huge question. Yeah, yeah, I
0: always get that reaction too. (laughs) Well,
1: I think it's it's that we all individually need to make some choices to make a better world. You know, each of us can make a difference, but uh, we've got to step it up. I think we've got a challenging world ahead of us. And, uh, and all of us and, you know, the people who come behind us need to have a safer, healthier world. And I hope that each of us can do our, do our job, um, to make it better.
0: That is so appreciated to hear. Um, Dr. Aldridge, thank you so much today for chatting with me. Um, this has been such a great opportunity. I'm so glad I had the opportunity to sit down and get to know you a little bit more and don't be a stranger. I'd love to have you back.
1: Oh, I'll I'll come back any time. Thank you, Sophia. All
0: right. Thank you so much, Dr. Aldridge.